This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production. Biggest thing we can do is just get stops and run. Stops and run, guys. Push, push, push every time. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikbeam. Tackles everything about the world of sports, especially the one close to the host heart. Basketball. Updates, discussion, clarification, name it. Extra session has it. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikbeam. Okay, good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Extra Session with Kiko Maliklem here in Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, Philippines. Today, we're very fortunate to have with us an international basketball star and now part of the coaching staff of an NBA G League team. Ladies and gentlemen, let us all welcome former Jordanian star and now Rio Grande Valley Vipers assistant coach in NBA G League, Coach Sam Douglas. Coach Sam, good day. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, talking to you guys, bringing back Flash uh, back when I was in the Philippines, I was in Manila. Yes. So, uh, how are you doing now that basketball has temporarily uh, stopped because of the coronavirus? Um, you know, it's, uh, I want to say the first maybe couple of months were kind of difficult uh, just because you didn't know how you're to deal with it, mm-hmm. to deal with your spare time uh, and to... Uh, understand am i going to be back in basketball i'm not going to be back in basketball um just because all the suspend nobody knew what's happening you know i mean what's coming up mm-hmm. so it was tough but then you know as uh the days went by you got into a groove especially with the family um you started doing uh, understanding the more the online aspect of it started doing a lot of online courses uh coaching clinics uh catching up with coaches speak talking basketball through zoom so then uh, you were able to pass by uh, time a lot easier and a lot faster. I see. Now, uh, let's go back to the beginning. I did some research, correct me if I'm wrong. You were born in China, right? Um, that is not correct. Okay, <laughs> good. Reason, uh, I have no idea why Wikipedia has me uh, born in uh, China. Yeah. I was that... born in It's very strange. Yes. <laughs> and, but I did. I was born in Jordan. Uh, my family immigrated to the States when I was at the age of nine. Mm, okay. How did you get into basketball? You know, uh, because, uh, you know, basketball is not that, uh, you know, uh, the national sport in Jordan. But how did you get involved with basketball at a young age? You know, I didn't get involved with basketball till the age of 14. Um, wow. I was a soccer player. Mm-hmm. Um, till the age of 13, I started 
catch an interest to it, seeing all everybody, how the excitement about it in the U.S., and seeing nobody paying attention to soccer. I just picked up a basketball, started playing with my cousins, and then from there led to playing at park, led to me playing on the freshman team and playing well, and got moved up halfway through the season to varsity. And then from there, man, I just never took a step back. I just kept always taking a step forward, yeah, improving uh, every year. Okay, I see. So basically, you grew up also in America and got exposed with American culture and the way they play basketball. How did you get right, into right. the Jordanian national team? Were you invited or did you go through a tryout? So basically, when I finished college uh, in the States, I was working out with my agents and we were a bunch of pro guys. Mm -hmm. And my agent was being approached by a president of a new club that started in Jordan called mm -hmm. Club Fastlane, Club Zane. Mm -hmm. And from there, uh, the president of the club flew to uh, the U.S. San Diego, where me and him had a conversation. He was able to convince me to come to Jordan play for his club. After playing for his club, um, that following summer, I was invited to the national team after uh, winning the MVP of the league. And then from there, I just became... Uh, um, uh, you know, the new face of the Jordanian national team they to the point guard for the next uh, 10, uh, 10 to 11 years. Yes. When you played with the national team, you led Jordan into good results in international play. What was the secret of, secret of your team's success? Um, I think uh, it started off with uh, the president of the federation. Um, he had a vision, and I think he invested in our national team players. Uh, he invested in the coaching staff as well. Um, we were able to give great coaches throughout my uh, playing career. I uh, started off with, uh, we had uh, a very famous coach here in Jordan named Murad Barakat. And then from there, we ended up uh, exploring our option and uh, going with Coach Matt Track, who's in the NBA now, coaching. And then we went to Coach Palma. And then uh, Coach Tab. So, you know, I was fortunate to coach a lot of the beat coached by great coaches. I see. In your own perspective, uh, since you played for the national team, uh, is it important that you have a foreign head coach or can somebody, a local from your own country, uh, handle the head coaching duties? I think it all goes back to uh, what you have in your own country. Mm -hmm. um, there's countries that have great local coaches. And I think it's the country and the federation is... Uh, uh, responsibility to allow them and to invest in them if they do have some good talent. I would say if you have uh, good grown coaches and players, you must invest in them as a, as a country and as a sport because it's crucial. You want your own to be great because those are the ones that are going to care about the country, about the players, and they're going to take it to that next level. Um, usually when you bring foreign coaches, um, no disrespect to any of them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're here to get a salary, um, win or lose. Of course, they win, but when they lose, they kind of leave the country and they move on. Mm -hmm. Where the local coach is invested into the country, his name means a lot to him. The results mean a lot to him. The players mean a lot to him. So I always say, if you have something good in your country, invest in that talent. And uh, in no time, that coach will be ready for the big stage. I see. And you said earlier you played for Coach Tab Baldwin back in 2011. Uh, how, did, how was he as a coach? What did you learn from him back then? 
you know, it was very, I think, hard for it was. He was a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew his basketball very well. Um, always prepared well. Um, the only tough thing on him was I think he came after Coach Palmer, and Coach Palmer were with him for four years. Coach Palmer knew us well. Uh, Coach Palmer knew the players, how to fight with them to, to the, for the players. He came in and changed the salaries of the players, fought for the players' mm-hmm. rights. So a lot of guys really uh, respected Palmer and didn't want him to leave. So in, in the beginning when Coach Palmer, uh, Tab Baldwin came, it was tough on him and on everyone just because everybody was not ready to move on from Coach Palmer. Right. But not saying uh, in any way that Coach Tab Baldwin is not a great coach. Uh, I think his track record speaks for itself, mm-hmm. uh, but just the timing of it. But the second year, uh, uh, we did well with him, yeah. uh, but we had a great tournament with him uh, in 2011 uh, in FIBA Asia. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I was actually watching that back then, and wow, you had a great tournament. And it's you know, it's just you know, a, a three or two, two or three point lead. Uh, you could have won the, the gold medal already. <laughs> oh man, we were one, literally one basket away from winning it all, and uh, to this day it haunts you. But you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game. It's a, you win and you lose, and unfortunately, uh, we got stuck on the losing end. But uh, it was a great game. It was a great tournament, just because we started off very slow, uh, very sluggish. Uh, mm-hmm. We went from we were supposed to be top contender to mm-hmm. after pool play, nobody talking about us. So like. What happened to Jordan? And then we just caught on fire. We got together and uh, we won. We were able to win three in a row and get into the championship game. Yes. And you have watched or scouted and had countless battles with the Philippine national teams. What was your impression of the Philippine teams you have faced before? Um, you know, Philippine teams were always a tough team because uh, they're so guard-oriented teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you always have to prepare for them. And it was uh, early on, it was a lot of pro guys. Then uh, Philippine went through the direction with the college guys. Mm-hmm. I think it was with Coach, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryko. He ended up taking all the college players for like three years and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And then they went back to the pros. Um, anytime they had the pros, um, it was a very, very tough team. Especially when Jimmy Alapay was on the team, uh, and then Castro, uh, you know, and, uh, Gabe. It was just a great team. I loved battling against them just because they had great guards. And me as a guard, I always wanted to play against the guards. Yes. What do you think is the Achilles heel of the Philippine team? And of course, the strengths. Like I think you said earlier, it's guard oriented. Yeah. I think uh, the Achilles heel, they're, they're guards. I mean, I think if uh, it's usually, I think what um, what usually I see in the Philippine national team is like they'll have a year where they're literally look like they're a title contender, and then the following tournament when you see them, they're like you're like what happened to that national team? Um, I think consistency is the most important thing, uh, and uh, you know letting the players know like what's ahead and building you know, for a long term, instead of like just trying to make quick fix and just play one tournament and then all of a sudden I just shuffle the pool, we get bring brand new players. I think you got to stick to certain players and build a system around them and have them play comfortably with each other. 
So that way, when they come together every tournament, they're ready. They know what they want. They, the coach, know what to expect of them. They know what to expect of uh, the system and the games and things like that. And I think that's what usually uh, affects the Filipino national team. Not counting, of course, the coaching changes that mm-hmm. happen frequently. You, you had a great professional career that spanned for 12 years. What was the factor that made you decide to quit playing? Because I, I, I think I have seen you a couple of times playing in, in YouTube and live, you know. Uh, I think you still have the you, know, you still have some juice in your body to play, but then all of a sudden right. you quit playing. What was the factor? You know, I think it was I started seeing like a drop in mm-hmm. on this side of the world, uh, mm-hmm. in the Middle East, uh, basketball wise. And I felt like I was losing a little bit of motivation to wake up every morning and train. Yes. Uh, due to that factor. And I remember I was sitting with some players in Jordan. They were telling me how bad it is uh, basketball-wise in Jordan. And then, you know, I was sitting in bed late at night. And I was like, you know what? I think if I coach this national team, I can help them because I know the players. I know the region well. Mm-hmm. And I know what our national team needs rebounding-wise. And I kind of talked it over with my wife and my agent, and they all thought it was a great decision, a great move, mm-hmm. if it, it's done the right way. Now, not knowing how hard it's going to be, um, <laughs> I did not know it was going to be uh, as tough, uh, especially early on, uh, through um, you know the federation, uh, through mm-hmm. uh, preparation, uh, trying to get the approval. You know that was the hard part. I, the basketball part was the easy part. But I was never able to get to the basketball part without so much off the court stuff that I had to deal with. I see. You, you, you had said you had handled the Jordan national team for about three years. How was the experience? What were the high points and the low points of handling the national team? You know, uh, the low point was in the beginning where it was very tough to find a court to practice. Mm-hmm. Very tough to get any kind of support from the uh, from the media, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, the colleagues that I I thought they're gonna back me up. I said that was probably the toughest thing. The high point is that I was able to tell the players in the beginning of the, when I took over, mm-hmm. stick it out with me. I think I'll be able to change basketball and make it better from what it was. Mm-hmm. And to see it two years later change and become uh, better, and then see our team qualify national team. It kind of it is rewarding to know that that was my vision and my vision did to become true. Okay. And you once played for the PBA towards the end of your career as an Asian import. How was your experience? I loved it. it was, uh, I've been always wanting to play in the PBA. And I was lucky enough when the opportunity came, presented itself for me to jump on it and uh, to play for a team that I always uh, played against and respected talking text and for the GM to be uh, one of my close friends, uh, Jimmy Alipay. Yeah. Uh, very professional team, great team to play with. Uh, and it was phenomenal. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's, uh, I would say I miss Manila to today. Uh, one of the best countries I played with. Um, mm-hmm. China was great, high level, mm-hmm. but in regards to living and fans loving basketball, by far Philippines uh, is on that level. And who were the players that made you say wow when you saw them play? You know, I've always known Jason Castro, but till I, I saw him 
I got there early before my uh, season starts, and they were in the finals against uh, Rain and Shine. Mm-hmm. And I got to see them play in the finals and then talking to them. When, and I got to see Jason Castro literally go to work. And I was so impressed by his shooting and by him uh, taking over games. Uh, him and Dell really surprised me a lot. Just to see them in their comfort zone, in their uh, – in their country, the way they played was absolutely uh, phenomenal. Okay. Now, uh, how, did you, how did your path go to the NBA G League? And uh, uh, what, uh, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a Houston Rockets affiliated team, right? Every summer, I always spend time in the Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, and I have a lot of contacts. So I've always went to a lot of uh, summer league. Uh, when I go there, I always uh, check in with some of the guys that I have friends with, Washington Wizards, uh, Clippers, uh, Houston Rockets. And then from there, you know, they always saw me around. I've always uh, opened conversations. I'll always uh, let them know that I'm always available if, uh, if the opportunity presents itself. Okay. And uh, the opportunity presents itself. And at the time, they told me that, hey, there's a system position uh, available. Would you like to uh, apply for it and put your name down? And I literally hopped on that uh, position because, I mean, that was the goal. And when I became a coach, is to try to get at that level, which is the G League and NBA one day. And what was the difference of coaching the national team and the G League? Um, you know what's funny? Uh, we, you know, I joke with my GM. I'm like, it's kind of similar in a way of uh, – the unknown uncertainty because you go in one day in the G League, uh, you'll have 12 players, and then the next day you'll have three guys get called up or four guys, and now you show up to practice, you only have seven guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's similar to here in the Jordanian uh, national team. You know, I think I'll have a camp and I'm leaving next week. Yeah. A day before uh, departure, the federation will call you all. Oh, we decided not to uh, go to the trip, we want to send you to somewhere else uh, cheaper. Um, you'll think you have a certain player, you don't have them. It's just the politics, I think. It's the same. But the G League has changed since, since 2006 when I uh, participated in it. Um, it's a lot more professional now. Um, the NBA watches it closely. Um, it's very well respected all over uh, the league and the world. And, you know, the arenas are NBA arenas now. You, everybody got practice facilities. I mean, it's it's very well ran nowadays. Now, uh, now Kai Soto, one of the Philippine hopefuls in the G League, is now uh, has signed to the NBA G League. How do you see him doing in the league? What do you think he needs to work on to be successful? I think it's a perfect opportunity uh, for college for high school kids to go to the G League for one reason: they can just focus on basketball. The beauty of it, they can work on their game all day. Uh, they can just focus on basketball. We're in college, their hours are counted. How many, how many hours they can be on the court? They got to go study. Uh, a lot of things go in with the college life. Uh, but in G League, we do player development mornings, afternoon, night. Whenever they want to work on their game, we go in and work on their game. So it's great. If your path is to make it to the NBA, it's a perfect opportunity, perfect way to go through the G League and work on your game and have GMs watching you every day, um, have uh, your coaches, player development coaches within your G League, work with you daily, uh, watch your progress. It's a perfect option. I think this is only going to make them better. And uh, since you're the part of the G League team, 
uh, were there times that the you are you were consulted or asked to give suggestions to the main NBA team, the Houston Rockets? Um, they usually like they'll ask you every now and then, hey, uh, what do you think of a new defensive scheme? What do you think of a new option? Uh, send us your ideas. And I think that you know because we work hand in hand. Um, they always know and see what we're doing. Um, and we always got to keep up of what they're doing up there. We always got to stay on track mm -hmm. and they're always in communication with us. So it's, it, it's, it's a great relationship. You know, we're in contact with the GM all the time. They'll come down and watch some of our games. They'll ask us how things are going. If we do something new, they'll ask us why we did it. If they liked it and, uh, they'll want to incorporate it into their Houston Rockets uh, team. So it's amazing because anything that we want to try, they allow us to try it. And if it works, they go ahead and implement it up there. So uh, it's, it's, it's a great situation. I see. Now, uh, just to put you on a hot spot right now, I know you're, you and uh -oh. G. Kalapag are <laughs> best of friends. You know, right. But on a one-on-one -on -one basketball game, who do you think will win? Between me and Jimmy? Yes. <laughs> he knows if I start with the ball, I'm going to get the ball and he's not going to get it back because I'm going to post up the way I was posting him up when we played against each other. <laughs> as long as I don't let him get the ball and him start getting his threes off. <laughs> I see. And now, uh, I'll just give you some questions so you can answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Who's your Go favorite ahead. NBA player? Um, I grew up uh, loving Magic Johnson, but I'm a Laker fan. So Kobe Bryant took over as okay. soon as uh, he became a Laker. Yeah, it's pretty obvious you chose number 10 in, in Jordan, right? <laughs> Correct. That is the reason why I chose 10 for the national team. And uh, you just answered your favorite team growing up, NBA. Who do you think will win the NBA this season? Oh, me being as a Houston Rocket uh, yeah. personnel uh, and a coach of <laughs> under the Houston Rockets, I got to say Houston Rockets first. Yes. Uh, but my, my second choice will be definitely going to be, I think, between the Clippers and the Lakers. Mm -hmm. And I will give the edge to the Lakers just because it's hard to bet against LeBron James. Yes. Worst injury that you had? ACL by far. Oh, man. That hurts. Yeah. Uh, 2007. If you were to choose, would you rather be a good defender or a good scorer? Uh, for sure, scorer. Because uh, great offense always uh, wins over great defense. If we check your gym bag back then when you were playing, what things are we going to see that will shock or surprise us? What things you will not see? I'll, I mean, if you ask my teammates, I traveled with everything you can think of. Bands, uh, some creams, uh, gosh, my uh, magnesium oil and tablets. I mean, energy drinks. I mean, I literally, I mean, anything that I felt came out new. And I used to always, you know, call it, this sports science, uh, my trainer, hey, what are these cyclists using? Uh, what's the best electrolytes? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you name it. <laughs> I got it in the bag. Okay. Now, any message to the basketball fa fans all around the world, especially in the Philippines, uh, who consider you as one of the best players in Asia that ever played the sport? Uh, you know what? I, especially for the Filipino fans, I mean, uh, I know it's hard time what's going on right now in the world. I can't wait to see them back uh, cheering their national team and their sport, their clubs. Um, I always say uh, Filipino basketball makes Asia a better uh, continent due to uh, their fans. Regardless where the Philippines play, 
you will get a packed house. And that's by far for me, it's the best thing in Asia just because of uh, their love for the game. And I think every fan that cheered me, uh, cheered my team, cheered uh, every Asian player, uh, just because Filipino fans always love good basketball, regardless if it's their own or not. If they see good basketball, they respect it. So just want to thank them all. And hopefully uh, whenever we get rid of this COVID, uh, I will make a trip to Manila just to come visit. Yeah, hopefully we can see each other again. I remember I was. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I still treasure that picture I had with you and Coach Tab. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I know, I know. I, you know, I, like I told my wife, uh, I'm like, I would love to just go visit for a couple of weeks in Manila and just go around the islands. It's just one of my favorite countries. I see. So, uh, Coach, uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, we'll wrap up this episode of Extra Session this week. And thank you so much for spending time. It was, it, it was indeed a great honor to have you in our podcast. And hopefully we, we can have you again sometime in the near future. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. And thank you to all the Filipino fans and everybody who tuned in. And I'm always ready. Uh, whenever you guys need me, I'm always around. Thank you. Okay, so this has been Kiko Malikdem on behalf of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Philippines. Games are always exciting if there is an extra session. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out www.guerillapodcast.com.au or guerillapodcast.com.ph. A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production We are Independent Podcast Network We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com